0: found on page 13 in the church bibles genesis chapter 12 beginning at the first verse the lord said to Abraham, leave your country your people and your father's household and go to the land i will show you i will make you into a great nation and i will bless you I will make your name great and you will be a blessing I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you so Abraham left as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran he took his wife Sari his nephew Lot all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran and they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. Abram traveled to the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land So he built an altar there to the Lord, who had appeared to him. From there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued towards, towards the Negev. This is the word of the Lord.
1: My and me are on holiday. Is it, is, it, is it good to be on holiday? I mean, holidays can be really relaxing and really enjoyable, but maybe it's just Debbie and myself. Going on holiday can be quite stressful. <laughs> Do you find that? Have you packed yet? How many bags are you packing? Four suitcases, that won't fit in the car. Or, or you know, maybe in Abraham's time, the camel's got varicose veins, he won't carry them. Have you packed enough for a two-week holiday? Yes, I have. It's all here in this Tesco bag. You know, it, it can be very stressful to go. But that's what Abraham and Sarai were called to do. They were called to go on a journey with God. And I'm hoping the next 15 minutes or so will be a bit of a journey with God for us all. So let's, let's pray before we go any further. Father, as we turn our thoughts towards you and seek really try to open our hearts and minds to what you are wanting to say to us. We pray that you would be near to us and help us to understand what your message is for each one of us today. Amen. Amen. Well, the book of Genesis, in the opinion of some people, and I kind of agree, kind of changes gear at chapter 12, roundabout first 11 chapters are stories that really relate to the whole human race one way or another but from chapter 12 we're focusing on one particular family and God's purpose for that family a purpose that we know is fulfilled in Jesus and because of that family and their obedience to God we are here today worshipping God now I want us to think about three things about good old Abram by the way is it Abraham or Abram of a debate isn't it there's there's actually a little village outside wigan called abram but some and maybe it's abram i don't know but we'll say abram for for today and that was his original name we're going to notice three things about him first of all he actually goes when god tells him to secondly he arrives at the place that god has sent him to and thirdly most strangely of all perhaps he keeps on going he doesn't stay forever at any one place, but keeps on going. It's a lifelong journey. Now, setting off can be a bit of a struggle. I'm, I, I sort of try to imagine what uh, Abraham's wife would have said to him when he came home late one night after some uh, vision of, of God or whatever and said, well, I, I'm sorry I'm late, but God has told me we've got to sell up leave our lovely home that we've just had decorated, and travel uh, so many miles east towards Canaan. And she'd say, well, is it going to be a really long journey? It's going to be a really long, long journey. How long? I don't know how long. Have you booked overnight accommodation? No, I haven't. Do you know exactly where we're going? No, I don't. I, I think she'd be rather cross to you. It, it, maybe she wasn't, but it's a very stressful thing that they were being asked to do. In fact, it's a very big ask that God gives to Abram. gives a very big promise as well. But let's just hear, hear again the thing that God asked uh, Abram to do, and that's in verse 1 of chapter 12. Leave your country, your people and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. You've got to leave behind the place where you've been living and the people that you're used to being with, including your own relatives. You've even got to leave behind the family that you grow up with and whose name you carry. Why is that? Because Abraham's being called to a better country, to seek for a better people, a different kind of people, and to be part of a different family that bears a different name. Go to the land that I will show you says God not that I've shown you but that I will show you the only thing that Abraham's got to hang on to is God's promise and all the things he's leaving behind only one thing one person can occupy that empty space in his life can you see what it is? it's God it's Abraham's trust in God There's no other reason to set off and leave all those things behind except to believe the promise of God and that God's going to be with him every step of the way. And that's why Abraham sets off. Okay. And then he arrives. Verse 5b. And I'll try and manage it without my specs on. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated. And all the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. A whole troop of them, with pots and pans, and goodness knows what all. They, they, they arrived as a great group. And he travels through the land, and he, and he sort of parks this little camp of people at various places. And so they come to this place, the great tree of Moreh at Shechem, and he spends some time there, and then they go on to a different place, Uh, Between Bethel and Ai and they stay there for a little while and I want you to notice what uh, Abram does when he gets there. Well one of the things that he does is he meets with God and he worships God. This really struck me about uh, this person uh, Abram. We've already noticed that this person really trusts God because they've They've put God in place of country, friends, and family, and allowed God to be his security. But here he's worshipping God, he's, he's building altars. Wherever he goes, he leaves a trail of altars behind. Now I guess they'd be you know, piling stones up, and perhaps people thought he was going to have a barbecue. Barbecue tonight, Abram? No, prayers. And that may have seemed rather eccentric to some of his uh, acquaintances, I know people sometimes make fun of Debbie because she likes to pray at every moment. Uh, but I think that's, that's good. It's good to be eccentric when it's motivated by true faith. And Abram was kind of like that. He worshipped God. And I'd like us to, to notice particularly the words that the Bible writers use for it. So if you, if you have the uh, uh, chapter there, chapter 12, and i probably better use my glasses actually because... Ah, I can see words now. It's good, that. In verse 7, we find that the Lord appeared to Abram. That's really good that Abram went to this foreign place, this new place, and God was already there. God met him there. And when he went to the next place, he still expected to meet God, didn't wait for a vision or anything. He builds his, his altar anyway, but the next place because I'm here, God's here, now we can get, get started. That was his a- attitude. And he builds his altar to the Lord. Notice, again, it's Lord. What's, what's special about Lord there in that, in that uh, verse, verse 7? Not all translations show this, but it's in capital letters, yeah. yeah and we've seen that be- before. And he, and he built an altar to the Lord, capital letters in verse 8, and he calls on the name of the Lord. that that tells us that the uh, Hebrew version of this chapter has the Hebrew name of God, the special name of God, that God gave Moses for the people to use in their worship. Now some people think that um, Abraham used that same word, so they take the verse literally. Some people think that Abraham wouldn't have known that, that special word, the Yahweh, name for God, because it was only given later. But Whatever the scholars may think about that, the name of the Lord is a very important thing. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, the, the psalm say one of our songs says. It represents who God really is and what he's really like. And I think that phrase, to the Lord, is really important. And Abraham calling on the name of the Lord is very, very significant. You see, all sorts of people built all sorts of altars and all sorts of temples and offered different kinds of worship to different kinds of gods. But whatever it was exactly that Abraham was doing, God recognised it as true worship. All these people are doing different things, but they're not talking to me. This guy's talking to me. I recognise where he's coming from. He's coming towards me. And God is looking for people who can worship him in a way that he can recognise. It's not so much about what we do on the outside of course, it's about where we're coming from on the inside. It might look different in the village in Kenya to the way it looks here, maybe it doesn't might look different in a church down the road from us, or from one person to another, when we look on the outside, but God sees something on the inside that he recognises. This person is worshipping me for who I am, and they're calling on me for who I am. And that's again something very special about Abram. He's on this journey to a better country, to a new people with whom he really belongs in the household and family of God and he does that through faith and an expression of that faith is his worship which is a personal relationship to God himself so he arrives and God is there with him and then Abraham sets off right at the end of our reading then Abraham set out and continued towards the Negev you know it's a strange fact that he was sent by God to this new country but he was always a stranger there. He had camps and visits in different places and also went to other neighbouring countries but he never chose one of the towns or cities as his permanent home. He was always a stranger. Does that seem strange? How weird would it be to you if your husband or wife or someone came, came home and said, We've got this lovely house that we've saved up for and that we've decorated and we we feel at home in. God is telling us to sell everything and spend the rest of our lives travelling, living in a dormobile van or something, or or intense. Christians against camping would have a problem, wouldn't they, really? Yeah. Uh, But... Abraham trusts God so much for this new country and this new people and values so much being part of God's family that it doesn't matter. Well, I won't say it doesn't matter at all not to have a fixed home because he was brought up in a city. He was used to that, used to living in a house. Uh, And possibly Sarai was too, but they both gave it up. You know, that's very, very hard actually to give up a home that you're used to, that you've saved up for. We're in the middle of a credit crisis now, aren't we, really? But they, they, they come around every few, few years. And about 20 years ago, there was another credit crisis. Remember, in, interest rates went really high and people were finding it very, very hard to pay their mortgages. Do you remember that? And there's the negative equity thing when house, house prices dropped. I remember a family who were with us in the church I was, I was part of then who uh, had a house, it wasn't a particularly... Uh, Extensive mansion, but it was a nice family house that that they had. I know, particularly for the mother in that family, she was so glad to have that house, and she'd set her heart on having that house. But because of the credit crisis and problems with her husband's work, they weren't able to keep up the mortgage payments, and eventually the house was repossessed, and they moved into a council house, which was actually a perfectly good house. It's a great, great house, but for her. It was heartbreaking to have to leave the home that she'd set her heart on. And they, as a family, actually stopped attending our, our church uh, uh, a while after that. And now, about 20 years later, they've started back at the church through one of their sons who, who came with his new, new wife to be part of the church. So God is working. And they, like all of us, are going through a long term journey to find the place where God really wants them to be. It's hard to let go, but Abraham's whole life was about letting go and moving on. And I believe there are two two particular reasons for that. First one is the kind of promise that God gave to Abraham. Well, he became Abraham. He's still Abraham now, isn't he? He's, He's still Abraham. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. Now God doesn't just promise to bless Abraham, to do good things for Abraham and his family. He promises to bless other people, other people that they will meet, people who accept them, people who are kind to them, people who bless you. I will bless, says God. And by travelling from place to place and meeting with different people, some of them not in the land of Canaan, but in the countries around it, Abraham is taking God's blessing wherever he goes and giving other people an opportunity to taste it for themselves. That's our calling in the kingdom of God. That wherever we go and whoever we meet with, God's calling is that we give them an opportunity to taste what the kingdom of God is like, to experience what God's blessing is like through us. God blesses us, yes, for our own benefit, but also that we can give that and share that of other people. He gives us more than we need so that we can share it with other people too. And Abraham was happy. Abraham, sorry, still Abraham, was was happy with that. He wasn't just wanting things for himself, his family. He was happy to be part of God's plan where they were sharing God's blessing with other people that they met. But they were also sharing God's blessing with people that they would never meet. Not in this earth earthly life anyway. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you, God promises to Abraham. And Does that mean that he's going to go around the entire world and say hi to every person? No. He did, did do a lot of travelling. They did meet a lot of people. And God may sometimes call us to do a lot of travelling and to leave things behind and to meet new people so that we can share his blessing with them. But he won't call us to meet everybody on earth in one lifetime. That would be tricky. And I believe the, the, the meaning of that promise is... That future generations would carry on God's blessing and carry on carrying it around the world. And in particular, in the person of Jesus, every family, every kind, every country, every type of person in the world will be blessed by God. And Abraham was happy to set out trusting God for his own needs and his family's needs and rejoicing that he and his family and their descendants will be a vehicle for God to bless people all over the world. An interesting guy, a guy whose example is worth considering and asking God to allow us to follow. Now, when I was a, 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 a youngster, I, I remember a, a, a preacher who, who, who came telling a story about the monkey trap. You, you may have heard this story. It's a good, good old-fashioned story, but it, it came to mind as I was thinking of uh, today's topic the monkey trap is a little box, wooden box, with a hole just about big enough for a monkey to put his hand through. And inside the monkey trap, the hunter puts a piece of fruit or something else that the monkey will be able to smell and maybe even see through the, the hole and will want to have. So they open the lid, put the fruit inside, close the lid, lock it down. The only way the monkey can get the, the piece of fruit is to put the hand into the box and pull it out. But of course, the monkey's hand will just fit through the hole. Yeah? But once it grips the piece of fruit, it can't get the hand out again. And in the few seconds or whatever it takes the monkey to decide what to do, do I let go or do I break the fruit up, or, and it has a kind of a double-take moment, in that few seconds, out jumps the hunter, puts the net over the monkey and drags it off. Now, it's a story, isn't it, really? I'm not even sure that they use boxes like that, but it's a nice idea. But so many things in life can be like that for us. Things that smell good or look good. Things that we've set our heart on. And maybe they are good things in themselves. But maybe the situation that they bring us into is actually a trap. And what we need to do is to let go of those things. So we can open our hands to receive what God has for us. Perhaps it is where we live. Perhaps it's where we work. Perhaps it's a relationship that that we are in or are wanting to to be in that could be a trap in that particular situation. Perhaps it's other things that we desire for ourselves. God calls us to be ready to let go of all these things that we might receive from him, his blessing that we can then share with other people. Amen.